Welcome to the Encounter YA podcast, helping young adults follow Jesus. Here are your hosts, Garrett Cars and Annika Carter. Hey everybody, today on the podcast, we have Lane Miller with me to talk about a countercultural lifestyle and mission, and also what does it look like to build deep and meaningful relationships. We talk about how we try to build our relationships, our struggle with building deep, meaningful relationships, and how to live a countercultural lifestyle. We hope that today's episode is a blessing for you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We're so excited for today's episode with the one and only legendary <laughs> Lane Miller. Yeah. Dun, dun. We need some of those um, like I sound need effects. Like some intro. Oh, we need oh. some sound. Oh, should we try them? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. This is bow, bow, bow. <laughs> or just like bow, 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 bow. no. Annika's uh, probably gonna like yeah, make sure she's probably gonna delete out. all of it. Yeah, okay, but she's not allowed. If she deletes it, it's, she's fired. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys don't know, uh, please delete that, Annika. I'm just teasing. We don't fire people for doing those type of things. Um, but it is an inside joke with our staff. And so if you think I'm a bad leader, that will just give you more fodder for for leadership. I'm a bad leader. So anyways, that's not what we're talking about today on the podcast. I do not know how we got off on that tangent, but here we are. Oh, anyways. We're actually <clears throat> talking about fishing for fish. For fish, not fishing men. for fish, not men. This is the uh, it's almost podcast. spring fishing podcast. <laughs> and These are all the lures we're going to be throwing this <laughs> spring, just so you know what not to use. Yes, and Annika basically told us we couldn't talk about it, so we did, we did, and she cannot delete it. It's recorded in the podcast forever, forever, forever. <laughs> Anyways, so today we're talking about um, a couple of things. We weren't able to preach through the entire book in our recent exile series, and, and Annika and Marissa talked a little bit about it in our previous podcast about techno- a little bit about te- technology, social media. So if you haven't caught that podcast, go ahead and go back one episode and listen to their podcast. It is amazing. They crushed it. Um, but we wanted to talk about basically two things that... Um, that we just kind of wanted to go in a little bit deeper and further. And some of it is um, we have talked about it in the Exile series. We just wanted to go a little bit deeper and kind of talk about those things. So the two things that we're going to discuss today are, one, deep, meaningful relationships and countercultural mission. So the thing that I love when I was putting this podcast together is it really kind of lines up with our vision of Encounter Family Mm -hmm. on Mission, right? So our vision is is a family, the family of God coming together, building these deep, meaningful relationships and being on mission together. And this is exactly what it means that the book kind of talked about these two things. And so I thought it was really cool that the vision that God gave us as a staff and us as a ministry is is for family Mm -hmm. on mission. And this is what he's kind of saying in this book that that talks about um, these deep, meaningful relationships and also living in kind of cultural mission. So yeah. we're going to jump right in to kind of the deep, meaningful relationship um, areas. And one of the quotes in the book basically said that building meaningful relationships means devote, being devoted to fellow believers and mm-hmm. that we want to be around and that we want to become. Yeah. Right. And I thought that was I thought that was a really good quote and kind of gives us a vision of of um of what it means to have those deep, meaningful relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times um we um 
it's kind of interesting because I think a lot of times we want to we we want to we hang out with the people we want to be around, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily mean that we want to become like yeah. them. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of where it goes back to that that uh, verse um, where it talks about iron sharpening iron. Right, mm-hmm. that's exactly what we need to be able to become like other people. We have to have those moments where we we do those things. Yeah. Um, but building relationships is hard work, and so we wanted to kind of take a moment to talk about to talk about this mm-hmm. um, in both of our lives because I think it's something that we struggled with, and I think um, for me specifically, I think as as the pastor, quote unquote, mm-hmm. even though I don't like that. Uh, terminology i think as a pastor think that people automatically assume that this is something that i'm really good at that i am just really good this is like my natural inclination is just to love people to be with people to hang out with people Mm -hmm. to do all these things and i love everyone i love people i love being with people but i think that doesn't mean that it's easy yes exactly (laughs) well and i think that even for me like my i think that it's hard for me to build these like i think meaningful relationships yes Mm-hmm. But for those deep, meaningful relationships, it's yeah. really hard Staying because in contact with all those. People, yes, right, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and yeah. so I think for me at least, it's really difficult because I feel like my attention is being divided amongst a wider group of people mm-hmm. um, that makes it, it it causes me to have to be extremely intentional with the people that I have deep, meaningful relationships with, and I would say that I've failed in that area. And in, in more ways than I probably succeeded. Yeah. Um, and so that's just one of the things that that I've I think that I've struggled with. And I also I also have this natural inclination to um I want everybody to be my friend <laughs> and I want everyone to like me. And I think that's one of the hard things for me is like when I know that I need to push somebody, when I need to to give them um, constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to do that, yeah. and so that's one of the other areas I think that I don't do it well. And and I love criticism for me. Like mm-hmm. I love feedback. Yeah. I love those things, but it's really harder. I think it's harder Just for me to give that. Look to other for people. it from other people for sure. Yes. all the time. But it's it's never an easy thing to to give to someone else. Yeah, sure. yeah. I think for me, yeah, it is hard. Um, if it was easy, I think everyone would have a lot of deep, meaningful. <laughs> Right relationships, right? Um, it's hard work to put yourself out there and to put yourself on the line and hope that it's enough for that other person. Um, to be intentional enough to stay in contact, make time to hang out, um, put in the work of like really getting to know someone and caring about their needs and and their well being and stuff like that. So, and for me, I think like I'm I'm an introvert most of the time, <laughs> or like introverted extrovert. I think is how you would yeah. say that. But like I have like a social meter, right? Like I I kind of hit a limit sometimes on on wanting to be around people and just want to be by myself and and do my thing. Um, but you got to work through that as well. Sometimes right. you got to push through that, and and um, your social meter social meter can be full. But um, and someone asks that you to get coffee or something like that, like you still got to push through and 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 make time for those kinds of people um but yeah for me it was it was pretty tough when i first came to hayes um i had a lot of questions about the people around me like why they were (laughs) the way that they were and why they wanted to know so much about me um it's uncomfortable to share 
your life, your struggles, your failures um, with with someone else that you've just met or someone that you've known for a while even um, to open up to someone and, and trust that they'll stick around and, and love you in spite of your past or the current situations that you're going through. Yeah. And so, but it was worth it, right? And then in the past year, like years of work <laughs> that I've, that I've gone through to, to establish the relationships that I have, it's, it's, it's not a quick thing that happens, but, um, seven out of the 10, um, groomsmen in my wedding. Yes. 10. <laughs> I did have 10 groomsmen in my wedding. Was that her idea or your idea? That's what I really <laughs> Honestly, wanted to know. Honestly, it was a, it was a mutual combination. Tally wanted like she 40 had, and I was like, I, I, I don't have that many friends. She has <laughs> three sisters and, and two cousins yeah. and her. So it was, I guess she only has five friends outside of family, <laughs> but I had to come up Anna with all mine. Please delete that the from ones. the podcast as well. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, seven out of the 10 groomsmen in my wedding, I met here at this church. That's awesome. And um, I met them here and, and went through the years of hard work um, um, of creating those lifelong relationships with, with these men. And I trust that I could tell any one of the other three groomsmen as well in my wedding, anything um, going on in my life. And they would encourage me or, or pray for me or push me closer to Jesus in whatever, in a whatever way. Yeah. So these men um, all have certain characteristics of Jesus that I admire and aspire to grow in, in the best way um, to grow in those, those characteristics that Jesus is to surround yourself with them. Right. As we just mentioned, like you, you become, um, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. And that doesn't mean that we exclude everyone else that sure that, right. that isn't like Jesus and that we push out all the unbelievers and the things like that. That's the exact opposite of, of what Jesus <laughs> would have us do. Um but if we want to be like Jesus, then we need to surround ourselves with people that also want to be like Jesus. Yeah. So so that's been kind of my my experience with, with relationships and, and yeah the hard work of yeah of that's really that. good yeah i think that's the encouragement that we want to say today is that it's it's hard work but it's worth it yeah right like Absolutely. it's it's hard work um to do to put in the effort and i think it's just so hard to put yourself out there you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there's there's this level of self-preservation or self-protection in your life that is like if people actually knew who i was like yeah. not not just like the hey this is Garrett but like if they knew yeah. like the things the thoughts that I have in my brain exactly. the things that I wrestle with the yeah. struggles that I have with sin like there's all no of those things there's no way that yeah. they would love and accept me and I remember and I'm pretty sure you were in the room but I remember um, it was kind of just like it seemed to me like it was a it was a defining moment for me and it seemed like a defining moment for the people in the room the guys in the room but we were doing um. Uh, life group together mm-hmm. and I got up there and I just started confessing all my sin yeah. yep. <laughs> and I was just like guys I don't know why but we're not going to study the bible but I just needed to confess all this to you you know yeah. and I was so nervous I didn't want to be there didn't even want to show up mm-hmm. you know because I just had I felt so burdened down by mm-hmm. all the things that I was wrestling with and I, I, I don't even think I cried which is very unusual <laughs> um, but I got done and I just felt like I felt 
two things. One, radical insecurity, (laughs) you know, because I was like, oh my gosh, what are these guys going to do? Like here I am supposed to be teaching all these guys the Bible and we're all young in our faith Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. And then the other thing I felt was like free, freedom, Mm -hmm. like so that I'm like, one, people know I'm not wrestling with this alone. Yeah. And two, um, that I just, I, I brought things that were in the darkness and that hadn't mm-hmm. been confessed to, and obviously I'd talked to God about it, but to other people, yeah. I brought it to the light. And so it was just this weird juxtaposition in my life of like, oh no, what are these guys yeah. going to do with it? And it was crazy. Yeah. Like that moment that I, I'm pretty sure there wasn't a person in the room mm-hmm. that didn't end up confessing, yeah. like unconfessing. And as the minutes and, and time went on your insecurity and anxiety just yeah melted away melted away of the amount of yep. other people in the room that, yes that had things going right. on that were similar or right in yes. whatever way. and i remember one of the one of the guys that he actually talked one, he was one of the first guys to talk he was just like man i he goes i just feel like i can tell you all the stuff that I struggle with because he's like, I just never thought my pastor would struggle with those things. And I was just, and not that he wasn't putting me on, he would, I mean, he'd kind of put all pastors on a pedestal, but he just felt like it was relatable. It was like, and for me, that's always, it was a defining moment for me. And I think for a lot of the guys in that room, I felt so much closer to everybody Mm -hmm. in that room. And they knew, like they knew that um, they could come to me and like, and it, so whenever I feel those, those urges to, to dig deeper into relationships, mm-hmm. it always proves fruitful. You know, like every time I, I feel inspired to, to continue to dig deeper with and deeper relationship with other people, it always yeah. bears a ton of fruit. But one of the things that we wanted to mention, we don't want to just talk to guys um, on the podcast, but I think it's one of those um, assumptions that um, it's just kind of weird. It not, and this isn't always a case, but it seems like for, for a lot of people, it's easier for girls to make friends than it is for mm-hmm. guys to make friends. And, and I don't know about all the stats and, and I think it's pretty hard to put people in a box and, and those type of things, yeah. but there's a lot of percentages and a lot of research that's actually gone, gone in to, um, men after college. And it says, there's a stat that I read. It says men appear to have suffered a far steeper decline in losing friendships than women. So 30 years ago, a majority of men, uh, it said 55%, so just a little bit over over half, reported having at least six close friends, right? So six close friends. And today that number has been cut in half, um, slightly more than one in four, so 27% of men have six or more close friends today. And then um, it says 15% of men have no close friendships at all, which is a five-fold increase since 1990. And so it's kind of interesting that we see this happening, this kind of decline in friendship. And and I think that there's a couple of reasons um, why I think that social social isolation is something yeah. that is easier to do. It's yeah. easier to um, to kind of isolate yourself from other people. You can you can try to um, manage meaningful relationships through social media or those mm-hmm. type of things. Um, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but if we don't have those close friendships to help us continue to spur one another on towards Christ, I think our, our relationship with God will fail. And so our encouragement is to continue to push forward, to continue to, um, grow in your meaningful relationships with other people. And I just want you guys to know, um, and that goes for anyone who's listening to this podcast today, that if you need friendship, if you that's what we want to build encounter upon. Mm-hmm. Like we want to build those meaning 
relationships. We want to build those meaningful um, those meaningful relationships with other people so that you can continue to grow in in your faith. And there's a few reasons I wanted to kind of mention why we need relationships. I think one of them is to develop a deep sense of identity. You know, so like when we're when we're friendship when we're friends with other people, I think it helps us. One, a lot of times we say, "Hey, I see this in you." Like I just mm-hmm. met with a girl a couple of weeks ago who was was trying to grow in in the way that God has gifted her, and she's like, "People keep telling me I'm gifted in this, but I don't see it." Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, it's probably true then," <laughs> yeah. you know. And I was like, "You have to figure that. Like, you have to weigh it. You know, you yeah. have to ask God and those type of things." It's but a lot harder for us to see the things. Yes, exactly. Um, that God's gifted us in. Right, and I think that's where people. we overcome that insecurity as we develop that deep sense yeah. of identity, and it can be affirmed by other people. And I think we actually need that affirmation. Um, from other people to continue to grow in that yeah. deep sense of identity. And also I think too, there've been times where I've sat down with other, with other people and said, Hey, this is, this is not who you are, mm-hmm. you know? And so mm-hmm. I think that there's yeah. times where we walk outside of our God given identity and we need those meaningful relationships yeah. to pull us to back us in. Back. Yeah. So the other thing we need is, is to develop trust and be able to share secrets and sensitive information. We just kind of talked about that with, with that life group that we are a part of. Mm-hmm. I think the trust level went up. We had more people that were coming to me saying, hey, I'm struggling with this and and vice versa. And so just develop that deep level of trust with people. And I have I have a ton of people that I can do that with today. Um, and I could call on the phone, even though they don't necessarily even live in Hayes, like mm-hmm. we could get on the phone mm-hmm. and have those conversations if we need to. And and we all need those those people in our lives. I think when, when you have those times in life when when there are secrets that you're hiding or sensitive information that you're that you're going through and things like that like it's so much more important to have those people because it's so much easier i think for men especially just to stuff that stuff and think that oh i'm the only one right dealing with this um and if anyone else knew then then they'd, right. they'd shun me out they'd, yeah. they'd push or me even away. they'd think i'm weak yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially for men, yeah, that I'm weak, and um, so having those deep, meaningful relationships, um, having those people that you can share those kinds kinds of secrets and and struggles and failures and and things like that with those people, I know has been um, a huge impact in my life. And that they and when you are able to share those secrets and things with like that, we go back to that first thing of developing a sense of identity. They can call. The, the true things out of you yeah. um, um, that God says about you instead of all the things that you're thinking right. about yourself exactly. in that time of struggle. Yeah. So, That's really good. Sure. Yeah, so the last two are accountable for accountability for areas of growth in my life. We kind of mentioned that as well. And then just a search for wisdom on how to live wife, life, wife, <laughs> how to live life well. That was a yeah. tongue twister, shouldn't have been. Um, so yeah, a couple of things there. I think there are people who um, we just need those friendships. And I think there've been so many times where I've been kind of focused on, on like, Oh man, how are we going to make this decision or how are we going to make this work? Or how do we do life the best way here? And there are people who we like I've sat down with, I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like that is so good. That is so refreshing. That's exactly what I needed mm-hmm. in order to make this decision or to make this next move or whatever that looks like. And so just having those relationships, I think, are super important. One thing I wanted to mention before we move on to the countercultural mission aspect of this podcast is I think it's really hard to um, develop deep sense of relationships in college because you know 
they're probably mm-hmm. going to move on, right? Yeah. And so you got four years of life um, together with people, and then at some point you're going to move like out mm-hmm. of college, and and maybe not everybody, right? Yeah. There are people who stay and and those type of things, but I think it's hard for us because we want to we want to actually um, preserve our life ourselves. We don't want to put ourselves out there, be rejected, or in four years know like I'm going to have to start all over again because all my friends yeah. are going to move. And so I think I just encourage you if if that's somewhere that you are, or you've thought those things, or you're, you're really trying, you're struggling trying to build those meaningful relationships here in college. Like there are people who want to do life with you. There are people that God has called you to do life with you. Mm -hmm. I even remember our old pastor um, before he retired and and moved, he always said like, Hey, your best friends are in this church. And I always just thought it was this like weird corny line, (laughs) you know, but it's, it's proven true for me time and time and time again. And I have relationships with people in Colorado, people in Alaska, people on the East Coast mm-hmm. that I've built relationship with in person for a time and then yeah. God has called yeah. us away and and we still have those meaningful relationships. Yeah. I can get on the phone and call my buddy at in Kodiak Island, Alaska mm-hmm. and we can talk <laughs> about anything and yeah. it's like we picked right up, you know, and yeah. we don't get to do that all the time because we both have different jobs, we have different families, yeah, we have different responsibilities, but those are the, we, you can continue those deep relationships and it might look different and that's okay, but mm-hmm. we want you to continue to dive full fledged into developing those deep relationships with other people so you can fulfill that aspect that you need. So the last thing we kind of wanted to talk about, and I think this is something we've talked about a ton, right? We've talked mm-hmm. about this over and over and over again. <laughs> and if you're tired of me talking about discipleship and mission and all those things, then then maybe just pause the podcast and listen to something better, I guess. But (laughs) I think this is something that I will continue until we fulfill the mission of God. I will continue to talk about until the last people on the face of the earth have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and he returns. And I think this is something that we need to be talking about. And so, yeah, once he comes (laughs) back, then we can stop talking about it. Okay. So whenever that happens, I guess. Um, But I think, I think that it's um, ever increasing. It's going to be continually increasingly harder. I don't even know if that makes sense. It's going to be harder and harder and harder and harder to live on mission in the world for Christ. And I think we're seeing a lot of pushback in those in those areas. But it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter what our situations are. Like God has called us to live a countercultural lifestyle and live a countercultural mission. And so there are a few things that I wanted to talk about um, because I think there are some hurdles that are are hard to overcome, mm-hmm. things that um, will get in the way of our countercultural mission. Um, and so I think that one of the things that we I want to mention before we get into these three these three hurdles is that we're coming um, at this from the assumption that everyone should be sharing the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. So. When we're talking about kind of countercultural uh, mission, countercultural living, it's kind of all one in the same. So, yeah. like, we're going to talk more from the aspect of a lifestyle that is countercultural. As exiles, we don't live in the, we live in the world, but not of the world. And so, what we're focusing more on is, hey, how do we live a life that kind of begs the question, like, why would you live this way? Why would you live, do these things? Why would you do this like life this way? Because it's ever increasingly going to be different. And I think we're going to stand out more the way we talk about 
um, our money and all those things. And we'll get into that in a minute, but we're assuming that you're sharing the gospel with people, (laughs) right? We're kind of making this assumption that you are sharing the good news that Jesus, you know, came to earth. He died the death that we deserve to pay for our sin. He was resurrected from the grave so we can have eternal life with him. Like we believe that you're sharing those things and that we live in a way that matches the message, right? We live in a way that mas- matches the message. And when we don't live in a way that ma- that's where hypocrisy comes in. And I think hypocrisy is not just living differently, like living um, a different life. It's actually not acknowledging that you're not doing that. Does that make sense? Mm. So I think that there's always going to be a distance between, I think there's always going to be some sort of distance between the life we want to live and the life we yeah. actually live. And I think hypocrisy is when we don't acknowledge that difference, you know? And so I think that we, we don't want to live as hypocrites. We're never going to measure up. We're never going to be perfect. We need to share the gospel. We need to and live out the message. Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to acknowledge that we're not going to be perfect at that. And so, but the hurdles, the hurdles, I guess we should probably keep going. The hurdles that we (laughs) wanted to talk about are insecurity, entitlement, and self-centeredness. And so these are kind of the, the, for me at least, these are, and I wrote this basically kind of like, hey, these are the hurdles that I have to overcome, <laughs> right? And so the first one, and this is, for me, this is the biggest thing, yeah. is insecurity. Mm-hmm. I, I still feel insecure. Yeah. Um, there are so many times where I've, I've walked in insecurity and it has kept me from fulfilling the mission that God has had for yeah. me. I think we spend so much time just worrying so much about what other people are going to think whether they're going to like, whether we're going to say something that turns them away from God completely, or if we're just going to say something that like, Oh, I don't want to hang out with this person anymore. They're just going to throw Jesus at me every time. They hate that I'm living the way that I'm living. And (laughs) right. And so we just spend so much time worrying (laughs) while we're trying to talk to someone about Jesus, um, that we, that we lose track of the mission that we're even trying to accomplish. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, insecurity is one of the biggest, um, probably is the biggest um, hurdle for me to get over when it comes to sharing the gospel and um, just talking to someone about Jesus in general. Yeah. 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 And I I think it's also hard to live that life that Jesus called us to because there's some insecurity that can come and take place, right? There's Mm -hmm. some insecurities like, oh, is this really the best way to live? You know, like this was written 2000 years ago. Like, is this really the best way to live? Are they going to ask me a question that I have no No. idea how to answer? Yes, right. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that can come in. Um, But one of the things that I love, like Jesus, as he was leaving, told the disciples is like, don't worry about Mm -hmm. what to say because the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say and when Mm -hmm. to say it. And I always think of those things when I'm wrestling with, I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have it. I don't have, (laughs) I still believe that. Like, I'm not good enough. I believe there's times where I believe that I don't have anything good to say. I don't have, and I'm not smart enough or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like I'm not uh, tech sap, whatever. All these insecurities (laughs) that will come in, I can just confess them all to you guys. I guess now we're friends. Um, (laughs) but, um, But for me, it's like, it's not about me. And I think that um, we're going to get to self-centeredness yeah, and kind of sure. pride and stuff like that. I think all of these actually come back to the big issue of pride, right? Because when we're insecure, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's, not, it's not about anybody other than me. What are people going to think of me? What are people going to know about me? Um, they're going to realize I'm not as cool as, I, as I've presented myself or whatever those things are. But it's, all, it's really all about me. 
So the next one is entitlement. And I think that this is um, something that we all struggle with. Like we believe that we should get what we deserve. Mm -hmm. um, and that is actually contrary to grace, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's completely contrary yeah. to grace because grace is getting what we don't deserve. And if we're living in the kingdom of God, we're living through <laughs> that grace, right? We are completely getting what we don't deserve. And so people who are living in the kingdom of God should live without that sense of entitlement. And I think it's one of those things that's, it's really hard to live that way. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to live a life that's not entitled. And I think for me, um, it wasn't really until I did an overseas trip for a significant mm. period of time that I realized how entitled I was, right? Like we were eating, um, we were eating food that just was not good. It wasn't doing good things to my body, and and I'm just like, dude, I just need a McDonald's burger, bro. Like I just need, you know. And I, I go, go to the bathroom in a place that's clean and exactly and right. The toilet right. flushes right. Exactly. And so I think I think even in our Americanized version of life. Like we have, we have a, an abundance that other people have, and I think it can cause us to live an entitled life. Yeah. So the third thing is is self centeredness, and I think we kind of mentioned this a little bit um, before, but that's I mean, really self centeredness, but pride. You know, that's kind yeah. of like the big thing that comes into is, and I think of um, there's so many people that you see that are so prideful. Um, in the Bible, right? Even uh, there's a a man named Naaman who had leprosy and and he went to the prophet and asked him like hey what can i do to get healed of my leprosy and and the prophet said go get baptized in the jordan or go di dip yourself in the jordan river seven mm -hmm. times and the jordan river was nasty dude it was muddy <laughs> just nasty river and he's like i'm not gonna do that yeah. you know he's like and so i think there are things when we walk in self-centeredness we walk in pride that we're actually going to miss out on the life that God has for us because he's called us to do things that um, will make us lay down our pride, right? It says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so I think we need to make sure that we're um, trying to overcome this hurdle so that way we can we can continue to move on. I remember one of the, one of the things that I, when I, I was down in Wichita for – for a trip and and I wasn't speaking or anything, but I was at a university um just kind of doing some work, trying to develop some relationships with them and yeah. and uh and build a connection so that I could help um you know further the ministry they were doing on their campus and there was a guy that was speaking there and and uh, so I went and talked to him afterwards and and we were having this conversation, and I told him where I was from, and he's like, "Oh, oh man, oh." <laughs> I'm glad God calls people there, you know? <laughs> and I just was like, oh, what? And he goes, yeah. He's like, you know, it's like the ministry we're running here is it's more like the Cadillac of ministries. Uh, he's like, it's, it's uh, big and expensive. He's like, you know, you're running that Hayes ministry that you're running and stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's more like the, the, uh, Chevrolet, you know? And I was like, what does What's this even mean? <laughs> and I'm just so confused. And I was honestly, I was off put by it. I was yeah. just like, are you kidding me? It was like, what? And I think there are times where like, that's where pride can get in the way. Mm -hmm. Like 
God is at move wherever we are. And if we allow our pride to get in the way, we can miss the things that God has called us to do. And and I don't think he is necessarily missing the things that God calls him to do. I just don't know if he 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 knew God can move in Hayes, Kansas. So <laughs> yeah. um, but we need to overcome our pride. Yeah. Sometimes we think that it's it's just all about me and and my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. That we that we forget about other people and and we're just so caught up and worried about Oh, I need to keep growing closer to God. I need to, and we—it's a good place to be, right? Sometimes, right? Like we, it is good to to keep growing and to to keep chasing after Jesus for yourself, um, to grow yourself. But we can't forget about other people, and we can't. We think that we don't need church in order to to have a relationship with Jesus, right? There's those people that are like, oh, I don't need church. I don't need to 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 go to church on Sundays. I can read my Bible at home. I can, I can look up things online, at right. home, but then we're, we're missing that relationship. We're missing that community. Um, but then it's, it, it is, it becomes all about, about us and our relationship with Jesus and not accomplishing the mission, right? The, the mission that Jesus has for us in other people. We think the Bible's about us. Sometimes we think that, that it's just all me, 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 um, but that's not the mission that, that Jesus calls us to, and he calls us out and to, um, to go out into the world, right? Make disciples of all nations. Um, and so we need to, to shift that mindset of, of things being all about, about us and about me and, and, uh, turn it into other people and, yeah. and what that looks like. No, I think that's really good. Um, so we're going to kind of transition over to kind of living this countercultural life. And for the sake of time, we're kind of running a little bit, uh, a little bit long. We're just going to kind of mention a few of the things, um, we talked about this kind of in the second week of encounter. Um, but, um, so we're just going to kind of breeze through. I'd, I'd really encourage you if you haven't, if you didn't listen to that message, be able to go back on the YouTube, um, but, um, on the YouTubes, um, <laughs> and watch that. At, um, but you can watch the message where we talked about these finances, sexuality, politics, technology, and and uh, basically the kind of we we talked a little bit about each one and and what is mm-hmm. God's best intention for our area. And Lane had mentioned a couple of things um, about these, uh, ba- basically saying kind of saying like, do we trust God's um, yep. you know design for these for these areas of our life? Yeah, so I think just especially for for finances, finances and and sexuality for sure. I think just like man, do we trust God's plan for our finances? If he's if he there comes a time in life when he asks us to to be generous or mm-hmm. asks us to step into a job or a career or something like that where we're going to make less money than we're making right now. Right. Like are we willing to trust him and yeah. be obedient to that and then with sexuality, do we trust God's plan with that? Yeah. Um, that is that this is that His plan and purpose is right, um, and and life giving. Yeah, and and even though that it's <laughs> it seems very different. Yeah, from what the world is making it out to yeah. be right now, for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, and in politics and technology, we won't talk about those because we're scared. Uh, <laughs> we're scared. If you have issues with those things, please email Annika at c 3 hayscom um, I don't even know if that's actually her email or not, so please don't do that. Um, anyways, but yeah, I think it's same thing. Same questions are kind of true. Like, do we trust yeah. God 
um, in our area of politics? Like, do we trust God more than we trust the government? Like, mm-hmm. that's a question I think that we have to wrestle with. And and then I think in terms of technology, we have to wrestle with, like, how is this shaping my the way that I view God? Yeah. How is technology shaping the way that I view the world mm-hmm. and the way that I live? Mm-hmm. And I know even for me, I recently deleted um, Instagram and Twitter <laughs> off of my phone. And I just, I feel like I have less anxiety. I feel like mm-hmm. I struggle less. I feel like that my life is is better because and I, and there probably will be a time that I get him back on my phone and but for me in this season of life it it just feels like I I am more engaged with my daughter with my wife with life yeah. because I was able to say no to some areas of of technology. Yeah. And you mentioned it in your in your in that message so you can go back and listen to it a little bit more but like man it is begging for our attention constantly. Yes. Yep. All of the notifications. I mean I was literally sitting multiple times during like preparing for this podcast or or whatever um anytime i'm reading the bible recently or anything like that it's just like i forget to turn my if i forget to turn my phone off or turn it on do not disturb yes like it just pulls my attention away yeah so many times and then i'm sitting there thinking about that right instead of what i was thinking about for the past 30 (laughs) minutes um, yes i'm doing whatever so yeah constantly begging for our attention and and pulling our time and our attention away from the things that really matter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we also want to mention that I recently came across a book that's called Destroyer of the Gods, and it's kind of written um, talking about the uh, way that Christianity took over in in the first century, the way that it really just impacted and kind of just spread throughout the world. And, and basically, there was a few reasons why, I mean, obviously, it was the power of God, right? So we can't undermine that. Because the power of God that, that brought upon, upon salvation and, and the word spread across the world. But there's a few things that the book kind of outlines that um, I thought was really interesting and just kind of, um, I don't know if it, it directly um, will apply to our lives, but the first one was a refusal to participate in the worship of Roman gods. That was one of the things that the Christians wouldn't do. They wouldn't worship the Roman gods, and and so therefore they would be getting in trouble. And in fact, most of them, that's why they died. Um, they they were actually they were saying they thought anywhere like the number of people who died in the in the Roman um, basically era could have been close to twenty five thousand Christians. And when you think about that number remember like the first like there wasn't very many like that number doesn't seem super big <laughs> to us right now but it's a lot of people and so just interesting um interesting how they do that the second thing that they mentioned of of why christianity was was completely different but also why it spread was that it constructed a new identity right gave people a new identity something i think we take for granted that back in the first century it was completely crazy to say that you are a new creation in christ mm-hmm. right that meant their new identity identity wasn't bound to any of their social constructs whether they were rich or poor um you know or they were in a class of people that were was lower class than other people like it didn't matter um whether or, or their ethnicity like you are part of the family of god like you are welcome in this place which is radically different than any of the world around them it had adherence to a new sexual ethic and we kind of mentioned that above and then a willingness to die in order to follow christ right and i think um we we mentioned that just at kind of during the the first one right that that the reason why they died is because they were un, unwilling to to participate in the worship of the roman gods and so i think that um uh, i wanted to share these things because i think it it really made me think <laughs> like it really started to make me think about the way that i'm living 
Like, am I, am I living in a way, am I living in a way that one, that my life m- matches the message that I'm preaching? Mm. And, but am I also living in a way that when people look at my life, they're like, why is this guy living so differently than mm. the people around him? Like, okay. I, I, I can even remember my neighbor, I went over and, and, uh, she has some, a physical ailment and, and so I was helping her carry some stuff from her car to her, to her kitchen and, and she just, she looked at me and she goes, why are you so nice? <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, I literally just helping you carry groceries. Like, it's not that. She's like, you were just so nice. And she was kind of, you know, saying a few things. And I just, I just told her, I was like, to be honest, because God loves me. Like, and, and I just want other people to experience that love. And, and I, and I was like, that's the only reason I was like, because if you would have known me several years ago, I wouldn't have done wouldn't this. Be carrying yes. <laughs> and so I just, it was an opportunity and, and that's not to, you know, like I haven't carried my, her groceries since. So I'm a terrible yeah. person, <laughs> but, um, that's just an example for me that affirmed like, Hey, Garrett, you are living a different life. Like mm-hmm. people are noticing the way that you're living and they're asking questions about you as a person. Like, why is this person so nice? Why do they care yeah. so much about me? Why are they going out of their way? to do these things for me. And that's the kind of the vision that we want to yeah. give people, right? Is, is to be able to kind of give a vision um, of a life that is meaningful, a life that is fruitful, that will fulfill all of your desires, but also is impactful to other people. I think maybe just to, to end this in a, in a short way, um, I kind of want to flip the script and ask you a question of like, how do we begin to to shift our minds um, from the way that the world views these things that we just talked about, finances, sexuality, politics, technology, yeah. things like that. How do we begin to shift our minds from the way that the world views or the way that we've maybe thought about it our whole life um, into a more biblical way of thinking, into a more biblical way of living yeah. out these things? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, I would say, first off, you're not going to um you're not going to have all the answers at once yeah. you know and i think that's one of the that maybe was another hurdle we need to talk about to overcome <laughs> because i think a lot of us we want all the answers all at once so we can have our life perfect at yeah. that time you know and i i would even say that we're all we're all in process we're all trying to figure it out and so for me i i think it's um the way i kind of look at my life with Christ is like a the a wheel, kind of like mm-hmm. the spokes of the wheel. Um, I did this message a very long time ago. <laughs> got on a wheel and the tire was flat. You remember that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> fatty. Um, anyways, um, ah, that was so funny, dude. Um, <laughs> but and I talked about basically like our theology is kind of like the spokes of a wheel, mm. and so like the way we live life, the things that we think about God, the like the way we handle our finances, the way we think about sexuality, the way we think about mission and all these things are kind of like the spokes of the wheel. Yeah. Basically what I said is our life with Christ is like we're moving forward towards Jesus and we will continue to learn like different, different. So one season of life, we might be being taught about finances. The next season of life, we might be taught about something different. And so mm-hmm. like in your life, what is the area that God wants you to grow in? So let's just say like you spend some time with God in prayers, like, hey, I'm going to teach you about finances. So you go to God's word and say, how do I handle my finances? What are ways to think about tithing? What are things, what ways to think about radical generosity? How do we handle our finances? Like um, those type of questions I think are really good. And so I, I think about them kind of from like a, a, a topological way, like, mm-hmm. hey, What's the next thing that 
God wants to teach me in this area of my life and he'll continue to move it. So like as we're driving our bike forward, it seems to me like God has a season where he's continually teaching me about something. And then, mm-hmm. then we'll kind of move forward into that next thing where, and so I, for me, I'd say pick one thing yeah. that you, like you really believe that God wants to, you spend time with God. He's kind of impressing upon your heart. And, and then you start really digging into it. What does it look like for me to live this life? What does it look like for me to be radically generous in college and all I'm eating is ramen noodles, you know? And so I can remember a story of a young guy who was, um, who was praying, um, praying for somebody that had been on his, on his heart for a while and couldn't figure out, you know, why, but just Mm -hmm. was praying, praying for this person. And they ended up um, having a, having a meeting and he felt like he was supposed to give, um, to give her $20 and he had decided, he's like, no, I'm just going to give her whatever's in my bank account. And he knew there wasn't a ton, right? (laughs) He knew like, so he went to the, to, uh, get his cash, um, out and he, um, put his account number in just like to see how much his balance was. And it was like, it was like, uh, like $38. So all he could get out was a 20. Right. Mm-hmm. So he goes, he gets his 20 out of the, <laughs> out of the thing and they're meeting and he's like, Hey, I just want to give you this $20. And the person that was sitting across just started crying um, because they are $20 short for the rent. Wow. You know, Wild. and, um, <laughs> and that's for him, that was basically almost all that he had in his bank account. Yeah. And so I think radical generosity mm-hmm. looks like giving a lot. Maybe that's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, and so for, for him in that season, like that was what he was learning. Like, what does radical generosity look like? What does it look like mm-hmm. for me to get, to do the things that God was prompting him to do? And he, he didn't miss a meal. He, God yeah. provided for him in ways that were cool. And so just encourage you to, to be responsive to what God wants you to grow in. Cause I think there are other, we look at other people, uh, uh, like we look at other people's lives and like, oh man, they have it all together. But then we l- realize that it's been 10 years of them walking with Jesus. They've been on the bike for a little bit longer than us. They've learned, they've been around a time or two where they've learned more and more and more about the the areas of life that God's been um, prompting them to. And those are the people that you go to and say, hey, I feel like God want, wants to teach me about finances. Could you, you know, sure, Jordan Klima probably, yeah. but um, Jordan, Natalie, but that's who I send everybody to because I'm dumb. Um, but um, so anyways, uh, so that's what, how I'd encourage you to go to God's word, find yeah. other people to to help you grow as well. That's good. So. Thank you guys so much for for listening today. Hey, if you have questions about what we talked about, we'd love for you to um, contact us. We'd love to sit down and talk more about these things. We would also, um, if you're struggling and building relationships, we would love to talk to you about that as well. And But the question I wanted us to leave with today is, are we as exiles not only willing to share the gospel, but to actually live the gospel out? We hope that this uh, podcast has been encouraging today. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have questions or want to talk with us more about what we talked about today, reach out to us through our email at encounter at celebratejesus.org. And we hope that you will join us next time on the Encounter YA podcast. <music>